Here we are. We are back on a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon here in the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We'll go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in just a minute, 405-651-3439. Parker Thune is back. Uh, I didn't get to hear the whole press conference. I heard portions of it. I did hear that uh, Javante Barnes, I guess, Parker, is going to be a game-time decision with that hamstring Coming up Saturday, anything else stand out from the presser today with Brent? Well, Brent got asked about recruiting and the challenges of keeping this class together. He had some very interesting comments that I'm not even going to try to paraphrase because you just got to hear him out of his own mouth. But you you kind of get the sense which recruits he's referring to really? when he makes said comments. Interesting. Yes. Right. It, it wasn't that hard Maybe. to listen to Brent Venables say XYZ about certain situations and figure, oh, He's talking about DJ Hicks, or oh, sounds like he's talking about Colton Vosick. Well, it'll be interesting. It'll be uh, maybe Tyler will cut that up for us. I know Tyler is our uh, audio man when we're on the air, trying to get us some additional uh, Brent uh, audio. But that'll be interesting to hear. Caden McDonald, no surprise yesterday, Ohio State. Mm, yeah, I mean that happened. Yeah, what's next for Oklahoma with interior defensive linemen? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Uh, you have three-star interior defensive lineman Ashton Sanders out of Los Angeles that was just offered last night, already planning a visit. There we go again. We have to back up and get a three-star now. Way to go, guys. All right. I'm going to text you right now. 405-651-3439. Three-star you. Okay, Then you ahead. had a zero-star guy that was offered over the weekend, Marcus Strong. And to, to Marcus Strong's credit – he started the month of October with zero FBS offers of any kind. He closed the month with 18. So he's One of those late bloomers, kind of like maybe an R. Mason Thomas from a year ago? Yeah, well, and Brent mentioned that as well in the press conference today. He said, look, every so often you get guys that don't really blossom until their, sen- until their senior year. He mentioned Jeremy Beal. He mentioned Isaiah Simmons. There were a couple others that he mentioned in that same category, but he said basically, you know what, it just it doesn't happen for some guys until later in their high school career, and you got to be real prudent about seeking out guys like that and not focusing too much on uh, the hype or the stars and being able to pick out guys uh, that rise onto the scene their senior year and become FBS caliber football players, even if they didn't look like it as a sophomore or a junior. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Sooners are still, what, sixth in the 247 uh, rankings in terms of their class nationally. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Like I said, there's some big prizes down the stretch to Celia Kana, uh, Peyton Bowen, uh, perhaps, who knows, Ryan Yates. I, you, you never know what's going to happen down the stretch. But still, there are some uh, things that could happen and fall in Oklahoma's favor that would still uh, put them possibly at the number two class. If DJ Hicks came back, th- that would be unbelievable. If you add him with like Peyton Bowen, then you're in really good shape. But still, if the Sooners finish somewhere and, you know, if they finish six, that would be a, a good recruiting class. But OU fans are very frustrated right now because nothing has happened. Nothing has fallen in their direction since Macari Vickers and Anthony Evans committed on that Friday. And that was good news for Oklahoma because the word was that Anthony Evans looked like he was leaning towards going to Georgia or committing to Georgia on that Friday. But the Sooners got back, uh, you know, uh, in a positive situation and Anthony Evans committed to OU. And I think really the, uh, the Boomer Doomers started to feel really bad, really doomy and gloomy when the DJ Hicks 
thing happened because that was supposed to be, it's like an old Led Zeppelin song. That was supposed to be a celebration day. Instead, they were dazed and confused by what happened that day. And I think it's pretty clear what happened, but uh, that's what we're looking at. Air Comfort Solutions text line is popping off. This listener says, I honestly don't care about star rankings for interior linemen that much at this point. This staff can develop them. I just want size. Yeah. And that was kind of like, mm-hmm. that's what Alton Tarver was. Alton Tarver was a late take in the 2022 class for this staff once they got to town, and he was not a terribly highly regarded guy. He had some nice offers, but uh, nobody would have accused him of being a surefire blue chip. I think he was ranked something like 1,300 nationally. But you know what he had? Size. And I think he's listed right now on OU's online roster, something like 6'2", 330. So that's the type of guy that you'd like to have that true nose position. I think that's what everybody's most worried about with this recruiting class is, yeah, you're going to get some big boys up front, not the least of whom are Derek LeBlanc and P.J. Atabare. But in terms of a true nose tackle what are your options because that's what Caden McDonald was uh that's what uh uh, Marcus Deal that's the other one uh Marcus Deal is and the Sooners have kind of been one foot in one foot out on Marcus Deal for quite some time I'm not really sure whether they're even in position at this point to be able to start pressing for that guy I think that's part of the reason that you've seen uh, the offers go out the last couple days to Marcus Strong and Ashton Sanders. So the question now becomes, are you going to be able to find a guy at that true nose position, that zero tech, that isn't just a jag, but that is a football player you're confident that you can develop and turn into a multi-year starter and an impact player? Well, and sometimes I think people panic. They think, oh, man, Oklahoma's reaching. They're just looking last second. Who who can they add? Well, it's kind of like your fantasy football sheet. You don't get every player you want. You mark off the player above, you know, and then you go to the next guy in line that you like. Believe me, they've got a list of who they like. And once somebody else commits to another school, boom, they mark them off. At least for a while. Maybe they don't give up. Like with DJ Hicks, there's still communication there. But they go to the next guy on that list, a guy that they like or a guy that they think they can develop. Um, So we'll see. We Uh, will see. Another question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Anybody spoken to Anthony Evans since his Georgia visit noticed some 23 wide receiver offers going out? Anthony Evans is visiting Georgia this weekend, so that visit hasn't happened yet. Georgia-Tennessee game, yeah. Yeah, I I went down to Geyer, or rather to McKinney, to watch Denton Geyer last Thursday and talked to Jackson Arnold about the situation. Obviously, Jackson Arnold and Anthony Evans are very, very close. Uh, Part of the reason Anthony Evans committed to Oklahoma in the first place was the relationship with and the desire to play with Jackson Arnold. And Jackson said Anthony was very proactive about reaching out to him, letting him know, look, I'm 100% on board with OU. This is more for my mom than me because she's a longtime Georgia fan. But I'm still going to be at Oklahoma in the spring, going to be catching passes from you, wouldn't have it any other way. So there is not really any worry about the status of Anthony Evans' commitment right now, at least internally. Uh, There has not been another wide receiver offer that has gone out since then. If you're referring to Edwin Joseph, who has some high-end Power 5 offers as a wide receiver, the Sooners offered him yesterday as a defensive back. So Ah, there you go. That is, yeah, not at all a sign of any impending uncertainty regarding the status of Anthony Evans' pledge to Oklahoma. 
Why the smile, Parker? Recruiting news? Well, you did come in with a big smile. You must have, was it the Whataburger yes, at the I'm press just, conference or I'm what? Just, I'm just a happy, upbeat, positive person, Did Steely. you just I weave just, through traffic in the white buffalo untouched and that's why you were happy when you I came back? Do, or what? Steely. I, I always so. do, I always do. Is that true, Whataburger today at the media luncheon? It was Whataburger. However, uh, by the time I got there, the entire spread was Gone. gobbled up. Yeah, like you, all the... It was kind of like a buffet-style type of thing mm-hmm. where, you know, you grabbed a burger and you had all the fixins, and then you'd move on down the line and there'd be fries and other sides. By the time I got there, which was a little after 11 o'clock, all the fries were gone. All the burgers with cheese were gone. What? So I was left with just a straight-up Who hamburger. was there? Drake Dyken was there early, right? Yeah. For set up and everything? Drake. Drake probably you think he helped puts up, to... put some in a big shock shopping bag and took him home. Yeah, he probably preemptively snagged seconds. It used to be uh, at a previous station I worked at. We used to talk about the sales buzzards because we had a huge sales department of about fifteen people, and what they would do is they would say, "Hey, guess what." Whataburger's coming in to be on with you guys tomorrow at 8.15. Can you talk about their new burger they're going to bring in? We'd say, sure, yeah, we can bring them in for a couple minutes. Not a problem. So Whataburger would come in, and they would come in at like 8 o'clock for an 8.15 interview, and they wanted us to talk about this new burger they had on the menu or something like that. But by the time we got out there to try and sample the burger, guess what? The sales buzzards Got to every one of them. It was like a hungry buzzard on roadkill. There was nothing but a couple carcasses out there. That's it. Here at the ref, we don't have the hungry sales buzzards that we had at a previous institution that I worked worked at. It's been a while since I worked there, but the sales buzzards were real, and they were not cool. I mean, they were good people, but if free food came in, they were swooping in immediately. They left us starving, pretty much. Well... Good news is, Steely, it came out stronger on the other side. Look at you now. Well, that's right. Do you media guys sales? ever visit the grocery store? Yes, we do have to get our own groceries, but, you know, it happens every now and then. I know complaining about free food doesn't sound very cool, but I'm just talking about the buzzardry that happens sometimes when that free food is out there for you. Okay. Why, uh, are, why are people trying to start fights about the punter? This texture says... Steely, I love Michael Turk, too, but pump your brakes just a little bit. He's been good but not great this season until last week, and he was great. I'm not being a hater. I love Turk. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess he hasn't been like Ray Guy or anything, but he's been pretty good, right? That's Here's, just... I was telling Plank a story the other day. I said, man, you'd be am- really I'm not amazed by what people comment about and how, how it, like last week. That's just the most persnickety text of all time. The punter hasn't been as good as you made him sound. <laughs> last week, I tweeted out a picture to promote that we were coming on with our portion of the pregame show, all right? So I put a picture of the studio, said, hey, we're coming on, you know, at 8 o'clock, and uh, we'll give you our portion of the pregame show. So I put, took a wide shot picture of the studio just to kind of promote that, hey, we were coming up uh, with pregame. In the back, this was a wide shot. I had one of these monster energy drinks, and it was orange. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was like, it took up like 2% of the whole picture. But it became about the Monster Energy drink. People were responding on Twitter, can't believe you went with an orange energy drink. And then another dude said, I know, worst tasting energy drink ever. Who buys that? 
And then another guy, I know, I went to the store, I would never buy an orange energy drink. I mean, it just went, it was about the (laughs) orange energy drink. I'm like, you people really need to get outside and get a life commenting on my choice of flavor of an energy drink. And that's what it became all about. But I'm like, this, this world has gone insane. Truly insane. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a break right here, and we'll get back to more Air Comfort Solutions text line coming up here in uh, just a bit. And uh, Parker is back from the Brent Presser. We'll talk more about OU Baylor, the college football playoff rankings come out tonight, and certain people will overreact. There's no doubt about it. I can't. I brought in a purple energy drink today. Can you believe that? Who buys that stuff? It's like the worst. I don't know if it's as bad as the orange energy drink because people didn't like seeing that. All right, we'll be right back here on The Ref. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. How we doing on a Tuesday? Brought to you today during our first hour, as always, by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Tim Lasher, by the way, is going to be in with us at uh, around 135 today, so we'll get his take on the Sooner season. Riverwind Casino, some great new promotions for November. How about the electric earnings promotion this month? You can earn 500 points on your wild card and be rewarded by earning those 500 points. You'll get a pair of JBL wireless earbuds we also had the goal line giveaway promotion happening today play on capital gaming group machines and uh, earn a bunch of points if you're in the top 10 you're going to win a trip to the 2022 conference championship game in arlington and the goal line giveaway which is underway uh today at Riverwind Casino. So the bottom line is get out there, play with your wild card in the goal line giveaway, the Capital Gaming Group machines. They will uh, point you in the direction of those machines. Use your wild card there. And again, if you can get 500 points on your wild card this month, you are going to get a pair of JBL wireless earbuds. And we can't forget about the uh, big-time Bedlam Beats and Bites special concert outdoors under the stars Friday night, November 18th, over at Riverwind. The Eli Young Band, the headliner, Wade Bowen, the opening act. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. It'll be a great time. Folding chairs, bring them, bring the kids. It's a kid-friendly environment. And you'll have all the great local food trucks out there as well. Bedlam Beats and Bites, Friday night, November 18th. Tickets, 5 bucks at Riverwind.com or at the Casino Box Office. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Let's hit a couple texts. Let's do it. Uh, one listener asks, or rather demands, talk about the bad weather coming in and how it will affect the game planning because, you know, Our running backs are looking a little gimpy right now. And if we have to rely on the run due to weather, how does that affect our plan? Here's what's going to happen. 
if it's a monsoon on Saturday, Steely, which apparently the word is it might be. I'm no meteorologist. Now, I'm but thinking it's starting to – I heard this morning maybe clearing off Saturday, a lot of bad stuff Friday. Got you. So okay, we'll see. Well, we, we can hope for that. But if they play in a monsoon, here's what's going to happen. Tawi Walker is going to break Samaj P. Ryan's single-game rushing yes. record. Yes. Well, Samaj, what did he have, 430? 427. 427. And did, uh, was it Monty Ball? Who was the Wisconsin running back who Melvin broke? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon broke it, it like a week. Six days earlier. Yeah. And then he thought, man, that record's going to stand a long time. Oh, no, it's not. Seven days later, Samaj P. Ryan. You know, it's really pretty incredible that Samaj P. Ryan is the all-time leading rusher in Sooner history. When you think about it, and not to say that he's not a really good back. He was a really good back and a great dude. But, but the University of Oklahoma yeah. has produced some truly elite running backs. No doubt. No doubt about it. And uh, what a career he had. Back in my day, says one listener, we had two drinks, orange Gatorade and lemon lime Gatorade. And for energy, you slapped yourself in the face. <laughs> now, why did you go redneck on that guy? I don't know. I just kind of. What if he's not? It was It was the back in my day. I, I, just, I just was uh, very surprised that that tweet and the orange energy drink was met with so much reaction. Somebody said, Steely, try the peachy keen monster energy drink. Here's another text from the 405. And again, look, nothing personal. If I make a snarky comment about your text, because I don't know any of you in real life, but some of these texts, they just rub me the wrong way. This is one of them. This is one of these texts that just rubs me the wrong way. Who is the official QB2 now? Please tell me it's not Bevel. My response is, who cares? Does it matter? Because what we've learned so far this season, if we know one thing about this Oklahoma Sooners football team, Steely, it's that if there is ever a circumstance in which you got to find out who QB2 is because QB2's got to take meaningful snaps, you're kind of screwed. Well, and uh, if you trust these coaches, you trust Jeff Lebby, they thought Davis Bevel right now was the uh, was the second-best option without Dylan Gabriel obviously in the lineup. They put Nick, Nick Evers in in a really tough spot very late in the Texas game, which almost seemed unfair. But uh, General Booty, man, great name. The merchandise looks good, but apparently a lot of the other stuff doesn't look that good. I wonder how much merch General Booty has sold. Have you seen his merch? I've seen plenty of his merch. He's probably among the top ten earners on the entire team in terms of NIL revenue. Maybe top five. He's played, what, two snaps this year? Two snaps at the end of the TCU game? So... Revenue per snap, General Booty's cleaning house. <laughs> the RPS. <laughs> they should have that as a stat. Revenue per snap. Yeah, General Booty would be way up there. There's no doubt about it. All right. Uh, keep the text coming, all right? Keep the text rolling in. 405-651-3439. Tim Lasher will join us in studio next hour. Uh, We'll hear what Brent had to say about recruiting and uh, get Parker's take on that. We'll do all of that and more coming up on an award-winning second hour. Maybe, probably not. Next hour here on The Ref.
Uh, Steve Nash out as the uh, Nets head coach. wasn't too long ago when uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving basically said we don't need a coach anyway. So we'll see what happens there. All right, Thunder will uh, play tonight, by the way, and uh, they will play against the Magic. Paulo Boncaro has been the best rookie in the NBA, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. SGA has been great. Oklahoma City's 3-3. Three and three. You, Why? Victory is an L. Wamanyama. Hey, by the way, on the, uh, on the Nash situation, the word as about five minutes ago, is it old Ime Udoka? Is uh, the look front out, runner, ladies. Here he comes. Which, hey, hey, look, I compared it just now on Twitter to the Sark Herman situation at Texas. The chronology of the firing only makes sense if you know you have an upgrade and you know that upgrade's coming. Because Texas was going to stick it out with Herman until they realized, oh, we can get Sark. And then it was it was literally like 20 minutes from Herman's firing to the announcement of Sarkeesian as the next head coach. Feels like that's what the Nets are angling for right here with Ibe Maybe Udoka. ladies around the office are going to be involved in the game planning. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, it sounds like, from his reputation. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hour number two presented by the uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72. Exit 72, great deal on a car, truck, SUV. Pre-owned vehicle, they've got a great selection there and the great guarantee after the sale. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no, not a zero additional cost to you. And that is a heck of a deal right there. Okay, let's play the Brent Venables clip. This is uh, Tyler McComas does a great job. Uh, We both edit a lot of stuff around here. And while we're on and Brent's press conferences is still going on, he edits some Brent clips for us, which we always appreciate. And he said he knocked this down from about close to six minutes to 25 seconds. And I I have no idea how. Props to Tyler for that one. And he he said this is basically the summation of what Brent was trying to say about. Now, what was the question about recruiting? The question, I believe, was have you had to change the message to your recruiting class based on the struggles throughout the early portion of the month of October? And – Brent had one of his filibusters, essentially. Again, I have no I'm very curious to hear this because I have no idea how Tyler managed to condense this all into twenty five seconds. He said this was the gist of what he said in twenty five seconds. Here it is. You know, some people look at it more from a business standpoint. Some of it look uh, from a, a growth and maturation and, and a football opportunity too. So a lot goes into it. I don't ever lose sleep over somebody uh, that we never had. Uh, that um, was supposedly lost. You know, if they come here in this program and uh, they go on that field for us and then they they leave, then that's somebody that we lost. There you go. I get, I, all things considered, that's about as good a 25-second encapsulation as you're going to get. But, no, I tell you, like, if you listen to the full clip and there's no way we could play it on this show because, again, it's probably six or seven minutes, but – he makes some very interesting comments at a certain point, and if you follow recruiting closely, if you're in tune to that world, that side of Sooner football, it's not hard to hear some of the comments that he makes and get the sense that he's talking about a specific recruiter, too. Okay, so you think a couple were, uh, I don't know, is is aimed the right word, aimed at? or was Not it- even necessarily aimed at, but he's just... 
he's more speaking from an experience that he's had in this specific class. So is you said you thought there were some circumstances that uh, you could apply to the DJ Hicks situation, and there was another one you could apply to the uh, Colton Bossick situation, correct? Yes. Can you s- summarize yeah. kind of what he said about both of those? And it, again, he, you can't talk specific players or names no, or anything like that. You've just got to be super generic in how Nebulous. you approach uh, yeah, uh, a question like that. Uh, at, at one point, and I tweeted this out, at one point he said, one of the things that makes recruiting challenging is, and I quote, maybe sometimes you get a parent who's looking at it from more of an agent role. I.e., this is, uh, the the dressed up way of putting it is, it's a business decision. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I thought DJ Hicks' dad looked very happy, man. On that announcement day, the mom kind of looked like, I don't know about this. And DJ Hicks would look like, okay, this is what we're doing. But he's held firm to that A&M commitment. And uh, I know there are some uh, Sooner fans out there that think, you know, there could be a Hail Mary last minute and maybe he changes uh, his tune, but we'll see. Okay, so what about the Colton Vosick situation? Oh, I forget what exactly. But he made some comment about the – I. I think he referenced fandom as far as the parents are concerned. And it was at that point that I was like, oh, oh, I wonder if he has anybody specific in mind here. All right. So nothing that would have related to the Peyton Bowen, the flippage of Peyton Bowen, which is coming down the road, right? No, I don't know. I'm Again, I, I would love to play his whole answer to the question. It's just too – it would take up an entire segment. But – Again, I would encourage you all, hit YouTube. I actually just posted the full press conference video on the OU Insider on 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. So if you're not already subscribed to that channel, A, go subscribe. B, go watch Brent's press conference in its entirety. And at some point, you get to the question where uh, he's asked about recruiting and he just goes off. What, what are you laughing at now? I got a direct message a few minutes ago. Can you tell Brent to stop saying you know so much in his press conference? Yeah, I'll, I'll run right over there. Yeah, run right over there and say, Brent, Brent, like, hey, Brent, hey, could you cut down, cut back a little bit? All I would say is, Brent, you can slow down just a little bit. You don't have to not every. You don't have to have a word filling up every every space. Just slow down a little bit. You're good. You can pause for a minute. He's a football coach. He's not – a public speaker. What do the What do these people think we do? <laughs> yeah, I'll go right over there. Yeah, maybe I should just text him. No, I'll hey, save that for next Brent. Tuesday's yeah. press conference. Uh, it, it'll go something like this. Mike Howe calls on me. Parker Thune, are you insider? Uh, yeah, Brent. I just wanted to pass this along. Per Sooner Fan six seven six seven one three on Twitter. Uh, you say you know too much. In your press conferences. Just curious as to whether you were aware of that and if that's something that you're going to, quote, unquote, strain to get fixed. Mike Houck's people would have you removed. He's doing fine. He's a motivator. And he goes, you know, he goes, uh, he's got a lot of energy about him. I mean, like I said, he's he's not paid to be a public speaker. Um so anyway, by the way, Steely uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, you should be crucified for having the audacity to drink that color of energy drink. You might as well just drink a cup of Bevo's. 
You fill in the blank. He's got the laugh emojis, though. Yeah, I was talking about how I posted a picture here uh, promoting our pregame show recently, and somebody spotted a orange energy drink in the back, and that's what the conversation became about. Kylan Brokenbow says, Kula with the revenue per snap talk. Texas A&M could have spies <laughs> listening to the program. General Booty, man. He would be uh, – he would have to be OU's leader in revenue per snap, right? Yes. I mean, is, is there anybody that hasn't played that would somehow be making more NIL? No, no. Mm-hmm. No. General mm-hmm. Booty definitely leads in RPS. Yeah, I would think so. Um <laughs> Crimson 47 says QB2 should be Braden Willis. There you go. Uh, and another one of our faithful listeners in the 310 says, per weather.com, bad weather Friday, 90% chance of thunderstorms and rain. Saturday is sunny and a high of 63 degrees. Okay, so we're moving in the right direction here. Yeah, that's what I had heard this morning, Dad. It'd be clearing off on Saturday. Uh, by the way, can we get Peyton Bowen, Johnny Bowens, and Billy Bowman together on defense? The Killer Bees. Good luck, Toby Rowland, in that case. Uh, Colin Brokenbow also adds, Gary Gibbs is still in the all-time lead for all for career you-knows. Brent is coming on strong, though. I don't know. Was Gary really that bad with you knows? I, I didn't. I, I don't remember to be honest with you. I this preceded me, so I I do not have any frame of reference for Gary Gibbs's verbal crutches, as it were. Um, also on the text line, maybe DJ Hicks will be like another who went to A and M, then wasn't happy, and came to OU to be a two sport star and win a Heisman. That, uh, yeah, it was uh, Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen was there as well at the same time, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, Kyler, uh, remember, obviously, uh, Kevin Murray, his dad played at A&M and was a good quarterback uh, for the Aggies back in the day. But that worked out pretty well for Oklahoma, there's no doubt. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Let the uh, orange energy drink talk die. No, you die. You go ahead wow. and die. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, we will be right back. I mean, a very, you know, uh, not a slow, painful Still passing. Said, no, you die. <laughs> Just, you wow. know, one that happens quickly, very quickly. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions. Text line available to you. I'm kidding. Somebody's way to go. Stay late. Wishing somebody, you know, their demise. It's a bad joke. Really bad. All right, stay with us. We're coming right back. we got Timmy Lasher coming up at 135 here on The Ref. It is a Tuesday edition. Steel Man and Thune here on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. 
2 p.m. today, of course, we will get locked in uh, with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Always a great hour of radio. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit 72. Great selection there. Great guarantee. Oil changes. Engines for life on new or used gas or diesel. At no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal right there. Marvin Mims did not have a Marvin Mims-like day Saturday in Ames. But the bottom line is the Sooners got out of Ames with the dub. And that's the most important thing. But Marvin Mims meeting with the media last night. Uh, talked to the guys. And remember Jeff Levy said early yesterday, guess what? We're, we're going to keep throwing the football to Marvin Mims. He's still a really good player. Marvin Mims, happy to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to hear that. You know, um, it was definitely needed, you know, but um, it was nice, you know, having to, for him to have that type of trust in me, for my teammates too, just like on the sidelines talking to me and stuff like that. So it was good. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I just, personally, I never had a game like that and it got to me a little bit mentally, but, you know, at the end of the day, I got to learn from it. You know, I wish I would have bounced back better than I did, but, you know, just like I said, you got to learn from it. Keep going. Is it easier to bounce back from a performance like that knowing you guys still got the victory? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we lose that game, I play like that. I mean, you know, it's a whole lot worse than it is. You know, at the end of the day, we still got to win, and that's a big thing to celebrate. Ames has Marvin Mims's number. Yeah, I don't a couple know why. Experiences there. Yeah, it's I don't weird. know why this is. It's unexplainable. But Marvin Mims does not play well in Ames, Iowa. It's like his personal Bermuda Triangle. Is that still a thing? You looked at me like, what's yes. the Bermuda Triangle? No, you know, I, what, the, I, you know I, what the Bermuda Triangle I, I would, is? I would hope everyone listening knows what the Bermuda okay. Triangle is. Uh, yes, the Bermuda Triangle of corn. There you go. Maybe. There you go. Maybe, but yes, I think that. By the way, I was thinking about this today. If you had to, I'm going to write my uh, my choice down here. Do I have a pen? Yeah. Come prepared, sir, and you can do radio. Other than that, leave. Talking to myself. I'm going to write down my MVP, and we'll see if you agree. Hang on, right, right, right here. The MVP from the game on Saturday. No, 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 no. For the season, your MVP for the Sooners. Okay. We have to. Don't you laugh at me. You've already used persnickety today, all right? Okay. I just, we got to make sure we define our terms here. I mean, because if you want to talk about most important player, it's clearly Dylan Gabriel. Yes, okay, and that was the distinction that I was going yes, to draw. Because if most, we're talking about most valuable player. I okay. mean, in a, in a way, you could say that Gabriel is the most. But you know what I'm saying? Yes. The, the best performing player this season. The best performing player this season. Yes. It is a tight, and I mean I know, very tight, two-horse race. I know, and uh, I've got the right answer. And, well, I mean, I guess you really can't go wrong with either one. And I know who your other pick's going to be. Yeah. My answer is Eric Gray. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, there and, we go. And your other one was Braden Willis. Braden Willis. There you go. Yeah. I mean, pretty indisputable. It's either, it's either one of those two. And uh, who would be on the next tier? Well, Gabriel would certainly be on the next tier. Yes, and again, he. Gabriel's How about J- really, Jalil Farouk's working his way up that list? I think so. He just he needs to have a couple more of those performances because Billy Bowman, he's, but he's been injured for a little bit. But Billy Bowman's played really yeah. well. I mean, Gabriel's certainly on the second tier there behind Gray and Willis, and he's been really good. He just hasn't been spectacular. Braden Willis and Eric Gray have been spectacular, and so. They are certainly at the top of the list. Beyond that, you got to give flowers to Gabriel. Got to give flowers to Marvin Mims, obviously. Um, 
defensively? From Twitter, I could tell it was Eric Gray by hearing the sounds of your marker. You, sir, have too much time on your hands. No, thank you for listening so closely and intently. That's impressive. Braden Willis would have taken a few more off, marks, no doubt. I, I didn't even know the sounds of your marker were audible over the airwaves. <laughs> Somebody has, like, Steve Austin's $6 million man hearing. Older reference lost on younger listeners, sir. Uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army says, Willis or Gray? Yeah. And I guess that, that came in before we had mm-hmm. uh, levied our answers. So I, I, I think everybody's kind of on the same page. Braden Willis, Eric Gray, quite clearly the two top performers of the season thus far for Oklahoma. Uh, Bobby from Austin says, Turk is close to S tier. And yeah, he Turk is. Turk is, he's on a. Uh, he's oh, boy, we're about to get that same tier. listener from earlier. Michael yeah. Turk hasn't been Michael as good Turk. as you make him sound. Sooner uh, Soldier says Michael Turk. Stoops gets no love. That. It, I mean, he's he's had a good, solid been, year. He's done Drake Stoops things. He has done Drake Stoops things. And again, that's why I almost put him in the same category as Gabriel because he's been incredibly valuable. But production-wise, it just hasn't been there like I think a lot of folks would have expected it to be for Drake If Stoops. old Gabriel had hit him in the K-State game, he running wide-ass open, then Drake Stoops might be the MVP. But Gabriel threw it to another county. This listener says, you guys are crazy. Without Gabriel, Texas beat OU 49 nothing. If OU had neither Willis nor Gray in the same game against Texas but had Gabriel, the score wouldn't have been 49 nothing. We literally... Just spent an entire minute of our time clearing this up beforehand. Mm-hmm. No, he's saying that he is the most important player and the best and, performing and listen, player. And listen, I don't think that based on the outcome of the Texas game, you will find a single person that disputes the notion that Dylan Gabriel is more important to this team's bottom line and their overall success than anybody else. But if we're talking about top performers, Braden Willis and Eric Gray, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going now. Look, Gabriel still has some time to make up some ground in that department. But unquestionably, Dylan Gabriel is the most important player. Uh, here's an interesting point. Okay. Uh, Kylan Brokenbow said the most exciting single play was Gavin Freeman's play against UTEP. And I I tend to agree with that. I, I'll add this. I meant to ask Dylan Gabriel about this last night. I don't know. But we ran out of time. Fake but... field goal was pretty darn exciting. Yeah. No, Gavin for Freeman a, still gets the For nod. a two-yard touchdown. Gavin Freeman's starting to see the field more and more and more. He played quite a few snaps in that football game against Iowa State. And not only is he seeing the field, he's touching the ball. Yeah. They're getting the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker, man. He's a playmaker. It, it, imagine that. Imagine telling anybody – back in January, that the Sooners' most impactful freshman receiver wasn't going to be Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson. It was going to be the walk-on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Mad that's props good, to Gavin Freeman. I like that from the 918. Uh, uh, you know, you guys are coming up some good stuff. By the way, now look what I'm being corrected for at the top. Steely, it was Lindsey Wagner, the bionic woman who had the bionic ear. Jamie Summers, not Steve Austin. Yeah, moron. So now I'm being corrected about the bionic woman versus the $6 million man. That's fine. I you got to get your facts straight. So get your facts straight. And it was the bionic woman. So 
I'm very confused. My bad. Uh, also from the 918, just watched Jordan Allen's most recent huddle highlights. Dude is a stud, to say the least. Pure take at linebacker. So Jordan Allen, one of the recent offers over the weekend for Oklahoma, six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds, out of Olathe, Kansas. He is currently committed to Kansas State. Now, what's interesting is that listener referenced that they like to see Jordan Allen at linebacker. The offer is actually for tight end. The Sooners are recruiting Jordan Allen as a tight end. Really? Yes. Hmm. And really, here's here's what I think is happening. And before we get into the whole. Malachi Coleman discourse on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's what I think ends up happening. If Jordan Allen flips to Oklahoma, he will be the Sooners' lone tight end take. And at that point, Cade McIntyre probably moves over and becomes the Sooners' fourth linebacker in this class, which is something that we've talked about for a long time on this show, Steely, the reality that McIntyre's a guy that you'd almost be willing to put money down that he ends up playing defense by the end of his career in Norman. And uh, Malachi Coleman goes on to win the Mackey Award at Nebraska. <laughs> and that's how it'll play out, right? Yeah, Malachi Coleman's going to play wide receiver at Nebraska. All right, so. Bolitnikoff. Sure, Bolitnikoff. Uh, what is Gabriel's touchdown-to-interception ratio, says this listener? I believe it's better than any of the Heisman Trophy winners and Jalen Hurts. So how can you not call him the best-performing player? Well, first off, I – Touchdown to interception ratio isn't the only thing you look at with Dylan Gabriel. And look, I have been on I I have stood here in front of this microphone and defended Dylan Gabriel against the advances of the haters for months. I do not have a bad word to say about Dylan Gabriel. But I think when you're talking about overall top performers, it's fair to say that Eric Gray and Braden Willis have had more impressive seasons than Dylan Gabriel. And Again, when you're comparing across position groups, it's not always an apples-to-apples comparison. And I think Dylan Gabriel has been phenomenal. Many would dispute that. Many do dispute that on a daily basis. Many do dispute the notion that Dylan Gabriel is in any way qualified to continue playing quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. I don't understand that perspective. I never have. I think he's a fantastic football player and a great leader. It did go from earlier in the season to Gabriel is the least accurate quarterback of all time. He stinks. And now, so I get it. Uh, and the touchdown to interception ratio is really good, 14 to 1, no doubt. But, you know, you can't forget the missed throws that were big in some games, uh, particularly the K State game. Overall, I like Dylan Gabriel. I think he's a good, solid quarterback. He's not a superstar, but he's a solid QB. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, why are you all standing? Y'all don't have chairs? I figured it would be easier sitting doing three hours of radio. I, I'm not actually standing right now. Sometimes I stand. The, these microphones are, mm-hmm. they have, they're, they're attached to these giant uh, mechanical arms. And so I can move the microphone with me and stand up if I need to, which sometimes I do. But generally we're sitting. Steely's always sitting. I stand up a lot on remote, though. Uh, but sometimes, you know, the old man all of a sudden, uh, and somebody's going to get upset. There's a guy that now says, stop using the old man trope. I think he just wants to impress people by using the word trope. Um, you know, but so, but every now and then, you know, I feel like I, I'm going to pass out. I'm old, so I can only stand for so long. But um, anyway, yeah, Gabriel, look, he's overall, he's performed pretty well for Oklahoma, no doubt. Uh, 
I would go with Eric Gray, though, too. But, hey, it's good to see some Sooner fans now that are standing up for Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I know. Listen, and this you know, is great. What it took was the, the pro- Texas game and the TCU game to figure out, oh, my gosh. Listen, I have absolutely. Protect him at all costs. I have absolutely no issue with more pro Dylan Gabriel sentiment. It's long overdue. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, break time right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Look, the texters are great every day. It's so good. They come with all these different opinions, and, you know, uh, it is really, really good stuff every day. They're the engine of the ref is what they are. Sometimes the engine runs hot. Sometimes it runs, you know, sporadically. Sometimes you can't get it jump started, but most of the time they're there every single day. All right, break time right here. More to come here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We are back. Riverwind Casino has a great, great set of November promotions happening uh, right now. They always have, uh, you know, the best dining, the best service. Got a great hotel. Uh, Their promotions are incredible as well. How about the electric earnings promotion, uh, which is just underway this month? You can earn 500 points on your wild card and receive a pair of JBL wireless earbuds by earning 500 points on your wild card. Uh, right now through November 26th. The goal line giveaway is also underway as of uh, today. Win a trip to the conference championship game in Arlington, earn points, and win a trip to the 2022 conference championship game in Dallas. Play on uh, uh, specific machines out at Riverwind and rack up as many points as you can. The uh, Gaming Capital Group machines are the games uh, that you need to play on, rack up as many points as you can. And if you're in the top ten, you will win a trip to the conference championship game. You know which conference we're talking about. Uh, Hotel, airfare, all that stuff you need for your trip, plus $1,000 in cash. Here is the one and only Tim Lasher joining us in studio. Tim, how how's life been treating you? How's the company? How's life overall? You know, everything's good. It's been a busy day, kind of a Monday on a Tuesday here, but just uh, having a blast, man. How are you guys? We're doing good. Uh, what did you think of the Sooner special teams over the weekend? I mean, did you ever score a touchdown at OU? No, no. We, did you ever throw a touchdown pass at OU? I know you made every big kick you ever attempted, but did, you never did that, right? Well, no, never did. Never had the opportunity to throw anything, which is probably good for everyone. Um, we, my senior year, we actually had a couple of fake field goals called. It was a slick little play, too, because uh, Glenn Sullivan was a quarterback, and he was a left-handed quarterback. Played baseball also yeah. for yeah, Coach great Seymour. Guy. Yeah, and we had a little, uh, a little option play. Where, you know, I'd take a little kick step and then flatten out, and uh, we would run an option around the left. We called it twice, once against Texas, and um, but we got sacked, and we were out of field goal range. And then we called it again against Oklahoma State um, that year. And uh, one of our offensive linemen forgot to come in, and so they had to That's call a, a timeout. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> I think somebody got hurt, and the other guy didn't come in, and so – 
we ended up calling both off, but I thought it was awesome to see. And, and, you know, Zach Schmidt's done a great job, but it was a lot of fun to see some of the special team stuff they're doing. You're not a big call-attention-to-yourself guy. That's just not you. But And maybe that's part of the reason why you were so clutch, I think, under pressure, is is you kind of had, you know, I, I don't know if you had the ice water in your veins, but it certainly looked like it. If you had to pick one of the kicks, would it be – would it be Bedlam or would it be Lincoln if you could only take one? Well, uh, I'd have to say Bedlam because, you know, that was a culmination of, you know, two or three years of work. And I was, you know, going into that game, I'd made one out of three field goals. You know, I got back to 50 percent in, in the second quarter. Of we, that which game. is hard to imagine now. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't think anybody remembers you missing one. Yeah. And, and people don't remember the backstories on those things and how, what the grind is like and the hard work and everything. So it was just so gratifying, you know, because for a, for a place kicker, that's your dream come true, you know, to be in that situation. And, and then you look at the totality of that whole game, you know, they, just the fact that we were down 17 points and, uh, we're able to come back and get a win and, and uh, against Oklahoma State. And uh, so it was just – and, you know, the other thing about that was Marcus Dupree had just left the team the week yeah, before. Yeah, You know. Um, I remember there was a uh, Channel 9 sportscaster, Ronald Clark. The first question he asked Coach Schwitzer after the big win is, what's going on with Marcus Dupree? And he's <laughs> oh, hell, I'm not here talking about Marcus. He's not yeah. here. You know, yeah. he went crazy. But that was – and that was a crazy game just to get the onside kick and everything. You were involved in the onside kick too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and obviously. He, yeah, and they had uh, – Chris Rockins. That's right. Yeah, and, and in that game, if you remember, they – they didn't. They initially called for the onside kick, and then they called that off on the sidelines. But the team had already taken the field, and I was ten yards ahead of everybody talking to the official. And last I'd heard is onside kick, and then they changed their minds and they forgot to tell me. So I still, <laughs> I still hit the onside kick, choked it off completely. But thankfully, Chris Rockins' head was in the right place. That's right. That's <laughs> it was right. going fast. So. Sometimes you got to be good. Sometimes you got to be lucky. Sometimes right. you got to be both. Yeah. Have you met uh, the new budding superstar, uh, Parker Thune, yet? I have talked to you. I haven't seen you face-to-face. Good to see yes, you, Yes, that is true. I guess this is the first opportunity that we've had to chat face-to-face. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess – let me ask you this, because – uh, as a kicker, you know this is, it's just naturally one of those positions, one of those areas of the game that you don't talk about a whole heck of a lot on shows like this one. People don't want to talk about the kicking game a whole heck of a lot unless the kicker sucks, right. unless the kicker's yeah. really struggling, yeah. right? And so it kind of gets it kind of gets lost amidst all the turmoil of a season, the performance of a kicker, the likes of Zach Schmidt this year for Oklahoma. And we finally, actually, right before you walked in, I'm pretty sure we got our first text on the text line of the entire season about Zach Schmidt. And this text said, I hate kickers, but Schmidt has been nails this season. Right. <laughs> and so uh, we've we've seen plenty of ups and downs from OU kickers over the last decade or so where you're talking about Michael Honeycutt, Austin Seibert, most recently Gabe Burkich and the infamous burrito incident last year. Yeah. But uh, ha- give us some firsthand insight. How much of kicking is mental? Oh, I, I think I think the mental side of anything out on a football field is 90% of it. It's probably 98% of it for a lot of place kickers out there. I mean, it's um, – you know, how you feel about yourself, the kind of person you are off the field has a big impact on what you do on the field, I think. Um, you know, but, you know, Mike, what you just said a minute ago, you know, ice water in your veins. When we look back on that, 
it's easy to say that. And it's kind of cool if you're the guy they're saying, yeah, this guy's yeah, got nerves of right. steel, you know. But I can tell you going into some of those kicks, you know, even even commonplace field goals, um, getting off the field was kind of a relief at times, you know. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, you just – you spend – so much time practicing and you have to put yourself in those situations and and so you have to mentally prepare yourself and then if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but um you know and this is not to segue into talking business but i I always laughed a little bit because i think a a kicker is a lot like your air conditioner you know which is what i do now (laughs) right i mean you don't notice it until you don't have one there you go phenomenal analogy and well and 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 People will rail on kickers, and, and I had a little Twitter back and forth a year or so ago um, with J.R. Conrad. He'd said something, you know, gave you one of those hashtag college kickers things. And I said, hey, big boy, hang on for a minute. You know, be careful. Don't make me come over there, you know. And um, and then I realized, you know, I'd been cracking on the offensive line the whole time <laughs> myself. I'm like, who am I to do that? You know, but, um, uh. you know, it's just – it's. I think kickers can be an easy target. But, but yeah, when you have one that's really good – um, you really appreciate it. And and all of us, for better or for worse, are really remembered for those situations that are clutch situations. You know? Did the king ever say anything to you before those kicks, or did he leave you alone and let you go out there and do your thing? Um, well, it's kind of a funny feeling. It, you know, it's, it's a little bit like a pitcher that's got a no-hitter going, and, and it's awkward because nobody wants to talk to you. Yeah, you know, right. Nobody wants to screw anything up or say anything that may, be, that may get in your head. And so, but then you're sitting there thinking, hey, nobody wants to talk to me. You know, I'm, like, I'm sitting here all by myself and you're on an island. Uh, Switzer didn't say anything to me before the um, Nebraska kick. Before the Oklahoma State kick, he did and, because Jimmy Johnson had called a timeout. And so I was just kind of out there on the field getting my thoughts together and just focusing on my mechanics. And he calls me over and he goes, all right, listen, just hit it sweet. That was his coaching. Yeah, I was, was like, it. just hit it sweet, okay? And he goes, just don't try to kill it, just hit it sweet. And I said, okay, that's, you know, that's what I'll do. Because they don't know anything mechanically about it. I mean, really, you know, there's, there's some NFL teams and a few college teams now that have guys that understand a few things, but they just don't know how to help you if you're a kicker. You really are kind of on an island. Well, Urban Meyer was good to his kicker. He walked by him and said, kicked him <laughs> in the, uh, in the uh, buttocks and yeah. said, make some of your, start making your kicks dip blank yeah yeah that's a motivator right there <laughs> yeah. that's the guy you want well, right yeah before we let you go uh quick take on tim lasher's with us uh legendary kicker for the sooners great company lasher home comfort systems again uh, big sponsor here on the ref what is your take on brent's first season so far um well i think it's been a little disappointing in the sense that there, we have more losses than we thought we might have um but I, th- I think we probably needed to manage our expectations a little bit better. You know, you lost – not only did you lose 40% of your roster to either the NFL or the portal or whatever, but you also lost a lot of coaches, you know, and that, that's a change for everybody. And, you know, I watched Isaiah Thomas getting sacks last night. I, Nick Benito was getting making plays the day before, you know, for the Broncos. And I'm, I just keep thinking to myself, we didn't use the talent we had that great last year, you know, so – I believe wholeheartedly in what Brent is doing. I think everybody does. I, you know, and but people again, even next year, let's say we do have a top five recruiting class, which it looks like we may have. Um, those guys are still freshmen. You know, they they still. I mean, back in the day, you know, my my '82 class, there were two guys that didn't redshirt, and it was that way all through my time there at OU. One of them was Marcus Dupree, who's a generational talent. The other yeah. guy was a kicker. So. Yeah. 
I think uh, Brent is going to do a great job. It's going to get the cu- he's got the culture in the right direction. Um, and once we start having more success, I think the timing of going to the SEC will be great. And we're going to get some guys that we probably were in the top five for in years past but didn't get because they wanted to play in the SEC. So just the nature of college football. Um, but I, I, I really like, I like what he's doing. He just needs more Jimmys and Joes to get out there and do it. Tim, I appreciate you stopping by. I know you're a busy man. Uh, last year, Home Comfort Systems, you've done some work for us, and it's always been great, very professional, and you get the job done. And you come through in the club. I remember one time we came back, there's no AC. And it was like, and it wasn't your setup, but you sent your service guys out right. on an older unit and got it taken care of. And instead of uh, uh, sleeping that night basically in a crock pot, uh, you got the house cooled <laughs> down again for us. So I appreciate that. Happy you're a good guy, you. and it's great to see you, my friend. Thank you for coming in and and joining us for a few minutes. You bet, guys. Have a great day. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right. Uh, by the way, I wanted to tell you, I got very excited when Tim came in. Uh, Battle and Beats and Bites, don't forget. Thanks for being an awesome suitor, Mr. Lasher, says Gunny of Stutzman Army. So there you go. Your fans are still out there, Tim. Uh, Battle and Beats and Bites, Friday night, November 18th. Wade Bowen, the opening act, the Eli Young Band on the uh, stage around 830. Going to be a great November night outdoors at Riverwind. Thanks again, Timmy. Uh, and again, Bedlam Beats and Bites, your tickets are only 5 bucks. You can get them at the box office or at riverwind.com. So break time right here. We'll come back one more segment. We'll get to as many texts as we can. It was good to see Tim Lasher, and uh, good to see more texts rolling in. We'll get to as many as we can when we get back here on The Ref. All right, it was good to have uh, Tim Lasher in with us. Welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, locked in coming up at 2 o'clock today. I got a uh, question from Ronnie via Twitter. Settle an argument, Steely. Who goes on the Mount Rushmore of all-time OU defensive backs? Well, I don't know that anybody wins the argument. But for me, and look, I, I don't go back to the Bud era. My first, look, I'm old enough. My first OU game was when I, it was 1970, a home loss to Kansas State, by the way, to Lynn Dickey and company. But for me, it would be uh, two guys that are absolutely certainties are Roy Williams and uh, Ricky Dixon. Then my other two guys, uh, Derek Strait would be on that list. Uh, Brandon Everidge would be in the running. Randy, Randy Hughes would be in the running. Zach Henderson would be in the running. Um, Where does Trajan Bridges fall on the Tra- list? Yeah, he is. He's on the mean machine right now, I think. Uh, but I'm going to go with my man, Daryl Ray. I'm going to go with my man, Daryl Ray, because number one, he was a two-time all-conference guy. I believe he made All-American. I know one year. And plus, he punted as well. And they recruited him as a wishbone quarterback, and they made him a safety. He became an all-pro safety and a great player for the New York Jets. Plus, he's got unbelievable barbecue there at Ray's Barbecue. So I'm going to go with my man, Daryl Ray. So there it is. Ricky Dixon, Roy Williams, Derek Strait. 
Daryl Ray for me. Scott Case was a good one, no doubt. No doubt about it. You've been to Ray's Barbecue, haven't you, partner? I have been to Ray's Barbecue. It's been a minute, but yes, I've been there. Oh, so good. I always know Pee Wee Woods. I forgot all about Pee Wee Woods. Scott Hill and Sonny Brown. You talk about underrated guys. Sonny Brown, very underrated. Orange Bowl MVP, Sonny Brown. Alice Texas, who was also a quarterback back in high school. Sonny Brown, um, yeah, he was, he was really, really a good player, no doubt. Okay, uh, what do you want to do before we get out of here? More texts? Let's hit more texts. Okay. Let's see what we got. Uh, this listener says, Steely, you are not old. You're well-seasoned. That's right. I've been told to stop the old man trope. It's hilarious how all of the couch experts have gone quiet about Eric Gray since the season started. There's a reason why our coaches do this for a living, and they don't, says a listener from the 580. You know, I was a great coach back in the day. My Techno Bowl teams were unbelievably good. I mean, of course, you had a playbook of like four plays, but that was about it. It was about the Jimmys and the Joes, and it was about getting Bo Jackson. That's what you had to do. 1918 listener asks, what 23 recruit has a comparable ceiling to Canix? Well, that's a tough question because if you're talking specifically about the linebackers, I don't think there is a guy with a ceiling comparable to Jaron Canix. And I say that as a huge fan of Samuel Masigo. And I mean huge. Been on that bandwagon you're a long time. You're talking about different skill set, though. When yeah. you're talking about speed. Jaron Canick is one of a kind. That dude's going to be special. And at some point, he's going to get more snaps. I don't know what it's going to take for that dude to see the field more. But he popped off for 10 tackles against Nebraska and then hasn't taken a meaningful snap since. Make that make sense. But... Again, the coaches get paid to do this. I don't. So uh, if you're talking about, in a general sense, guys that could be as good of a football player as Jaron Canick, regardless of position, I think there are a few that fit that bill. I, in, in terms of just being a physical freak, I think P.J. out of Barre is probably the guy that I would most liken to Canick in that sense because what made Canick – so impressive was the combination of size and speed, right? The fact that he could move that well for how big he is. Similar dynamic with P.J. Atabare. He moves exceptionally well, sub 4'6", at 6'4", 245 pounds. So if you're talking about guys that have the chance to be standout defenders by virtue of how well they move relative to their size – P.J. Adabare is one of those guys that's just a unicorn in the 2023 class. He won the fastest big man competition at the Future 50 back in July. And again, we talk about this quite often with him, 85-inch wingspan. So it's not just he's a big dude he can, who can move. That's he's like a big Dikembe, dude with freakishly long that's arms. That's like the Kimbe Mutombo wingspan there. That's an... That's that's impressive. All right, we got to get out of here. I want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Also, special thanks to the guys and everybody over at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. Bedlam Beats and Bites, Friday night, November 18th. Get your tickets at riverwind.com or at the box office. All right, Caden McDonald commits to Ohio State. That was kind of expected over the last 72 hours or so. 
Uh, where do the Sooners go from here in terms of interior defensive line recruits? We'll talk about that. And uh, the remaining stretch for this Oklahoma football team coming up next on Locked In with Parker and Tyler McComas. Thanks to Timmy Lasher for coming in today. Thank you guys for all of your texts. I'll see you on Wednesday. Let's get Locked In up next.